So I got to thinking about my own home. I'm an only child. Uh, my mother's name was Ruth, uh, which, of course, is a wonderful Bible name. And uh, my mother was uh, a giver. She was one that always, always wanted to give. She raised roses in Pasadena, Texas, and uh, people would stop by our house to go out to the little rose garden in the backyard just to see mom's roses. But she never let one of them leave without cutting one and handing it to them to take it with her. That was just who she was. She was a giver. Most moms are givers. They've learned to give with their little ones, and then they take that into later in life. But thinking about Mother's Day and thinking about giving, I'm tried to put together a message that will convey both. I think it is very important that every one of us know God's plan for our life and that we know that God is not through with us as long as we're alive and that he has a vision for our children. He has a desire to use them until he returns again. If there's another generation and another and another, the longer we serve him, the sweeter he'll grow. But the one common denominator of moms that are good, godly moms are that they've learned to give. They've learned to give of their time. They've learned to give of their skills. They've learned to give of their finances. They have just learned to give in so many different ways, the word, the look, and the touch. In my generation, they also learned to give a spanking. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what the definition of that word is, forget about it, all right? <laughs> well, so I want you to listen today to the message in thinking about our moms, thinking about how they loved, but also to think about how that love transforms a church, a family of Christians, when they learn how to give. Everything God entrusts to us on any subject, knowledge, finances, time, love, talent, go on with the list, have been given to us as individuals in order that we can bless others. And so think about that. As I read from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I've entitled the message, All That One Has. All that one has. Everything God gives us, a mate, a husband, a wife, a grandmother, a mom, a dad, a child, a brother, a sister, whatever you want to say about the family, anything we have belongs to God. And we're to give it to God. But listen to what the scripture says to us. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. That scripture summarized says, all that a man has 
belongs to God. Whatever God blesses us with, life, health, whatever, it belongs to him. And we're to take what he gives us and to give to him. And I was thinking today, if I were to put on a bulletin uh, and say, today, as you come to church, we have five different services going on. In room number one, we have your favorite uh, Christian uh, music musician singing. In room number two, we've got James Dobson speaking on the family. In room number three, we've got Tony Evans speaking on whatever he wants to speak on. And, uh, and in the next room, we've got Rick Warren talking about the purpose-driven family. Or you can come hear the pastor speak about stewardship. I'm thinking the transition that would take place right now. And I think the reason for that being is that for a lot of people, they don't understand it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. It doesn't matter what. You can't give what you don't have. I want to say early what I was going to say late to our moms. Listen, mom, if your child is all you got, give it to the Lord and see what God does with that child. Ask God to meet the needs of your child, but offer that child to the Lord. Don't wait till they're graduate from high school. Give your child to the Lord. Whatever we have, give to the Lord. I know what a steward is. A steward is one that takes care of others' possessions. They manage it. In other words, our children belong to the Lord. We are to take care of them. Okay? Our families belong to the Lord. Our nation belongs to the Lord. Our children belong to the Lord. Yes, our money belongs to the Lord. Everything we have belongs to Him. Now, that word, stewardship, is a scary word to a lot of people. They feel like it's all about money and getting my money. One of the first things you'll ever learn in life is you don't have any money. God owns everything. He says it very clear. He says, everything in the heaven and the earth belongs to me. I'm looking for stewards. I'm looking for people that will manage what is mine. He can give us more time. He can give us more money. He can give us more talent. He can give us more opportunities. Go on and on and on with the list. But many that are even Christian leaders are not givers. Many that are Christian leaders are takers and not givers. There is much that goes on in the name of Christianity that has deceived people because what they think that they heard or what they think is happening to the resources of time or money or whatever is being used in a way that is not being used. And so when we look at what it means to love, to emulate how a mom loves her child, to emulate how God loves his children and how he wants to bless his children. It puts a whole new light on giving and, I might say, receiving. Churches can be built physically, buildings, or they can be built spiritually. Listen to what the scripture says in Psalm 127, verse 1. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. 
We can't build our families without God. We cannot build our own life without God. We cannot build our churches without God. You can't build your business without God. You can't take your education and your mind, and if it isn't focused on God, your mind is not going to be used the way that God wants it to be used. Your strength, your looks, your position in life, it all has to do with your giving it to others that they can learn from you like so many of us learn from our parents that grew up in Christian homes. What we do in life is important. But listen, how we do it is more important. It's not what we do, but how do we do it? How do we think? How do we make decisions? We need to get on what God is doing and get in on what he's doing rather than asking God to get in on what we're doing. It's very common for us to make our long-range plans, and God says, you don't know what another day's going to bring. You know what I try to do? I try to think about what's God going to do tomorrow and what's God going to do 10 years from now. Because I want to stay on what, wherever he's going, wherever he leads, I want to follow. But I know he'll go far beyond where I'm going to go. But as longer we serve him, the what? The sweeter he grows. The more we walk with him and the longer we walk with him, the more we want to continue to walk with him. When we learn how to treat things that are given to us like he tells us to, when we learn how to handle that, then good things happen. Satan, I think, has used godly scripture the tithe is holy to the Lord. How many thousands of times have I heard people say, well, the first tenth belongs to the Lord. May I let you in on something? So does the other 90%. The goal of a lot of church people is to tithe on the gross. God is looking for people that knows that everything they have belongs to God. Everything. We cannot separate anything in our life and say, that's mine, and God, that's yours. It all belongs to him. Our faithfulness is not me measured by percentages. It's measured by obedience. And our obedience comes from following him. As long as we follow the Lord, we are being obedient to him. He says, take up your cross and follow me. And that's what we are to do. Our focal point of money and love and energy and time and all of that comes into the formula. But what we have to remember is it's not about us. It's about him. Lord, what would you have me to do? Lord, do you want me to be a part of this? Lord, can you trust me with some more years? Can you trust me with some more time? Can you trust me with some more money? Can you trust me with some more doors open of opportunity? Lord, what would you have me to do? Any ability that any of us have comes from God. That includes earning money. Any ability you have to make money. I know people that make a lot of money and they've learned to hit a baseball. 
And I know others that own the baseball team that they play on. I know those that have and those that have not. But I've never met a follower of Jesus Christ that said, I wished I wouldn't have committed myself totally to the Lord. The happiest people I've ever known in my life are people that have walked with God. Most of them, but not all of them, were blessed with Christian families, grew up in a Christian home. But yet I have seen those that came up in just the opposite kind of home. But God got a hold of their life. And throughout the centuries, we have seen men and women that became giants in the Christian world because of their faith in God. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, And you shall remember the Lord your God. Now listen. For it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He swore to your fathers as it is this day. It can't be any clearer than that. God simply says, everything you have to work with, I gave it to you. I hold the world in my hand. I have you in my life to use. I have created you, equipped you, blessed you to use you to flow my love through, my word through my resources through, my eternal time through, I have poured it into you, not only in this life, but in the life to come. Let's just suppose for a moment, moms and dads, suppose that God chooses one of your children to be a great athlete, a doctor, CPA, a teacher, a nurse, but their love, your children's love, is for independence, automobiles, quick marriages, much pleasure. Where, where does that put you if they make a choice to drop out of school and nobody's going to change their mind? What happens? What happens to the love of a parent that allows their ch child to just go astray and does not try to correct it. Those kind of questions, mom, haunt you, and they haunt, haunt fathers as well. Our responsibility, as we see so many that struggle for financial freedom all of their life, all of their life, but when you look at them up close, you will see that for the overwhelming majority, there was lack of discipline, lack of education, lack of experience, a lack of love, a lack of attention, a lack of discipline, and all these things. And so you're holding on and you're saying, God, what would you have me to do? How do I handle this? Well, first of all, if you're a young parent, you try to deal with it from the moment that a child is born. And a mom is not to do it alone. But a dad is extremely important this. And a struggle in the young people for a life of financial freedom, all of their life is a horrible thing. But for many of them, that's all they saw in their parents. And the reason they saw it in their parents is because that parent did not learn the very basic 
of being a child of God. That that child is to handle the things that belong to the Heavenly Father and to use those things as the Father wants them used. The Heavenly Father wants them used. So before we can even move any further about giving, we have to stop for a moment and talk about receiving. It's not only where you give your money, but how do you get your money? It's not only how you think, but it's what you do. Grace giving begins with grace receiving. Now, what I mean by that? God's children receive not because they're great at what they do. They receive because they're committed to who they are. Some of the wealthiest people that I know and have known for my lifetime have not been those with the highest degrees, but they have been those with the greatest commitment. They have learned, and I'm talking about Christian people now, they have learned that whatever they have belongs to God. They learned it when they were a child, and they do it to this day. Every single family has to do that. Mom, there ought to be accountability in the home when gifts are made. There ought to be, why do you do this, Mom? Well, I'll give you this if you'll go cut the grass. I remember my mother telling me, you'll go cut the grass whether I give you anything or not. <laughs> Maybe you weren't raised in that kind of home. I can never, never remember my dad hiring me to, to go wash the car. Not one time. But I never remember him washing the car. Now, there was something in between there that was bigger than money. I don't remember what that was, but yes, I do. But I'm not going there, all right? <laughs> but you know when, when God starts supplying your needs? When you start fellowshipping with him. If God had money to give you right now, some of you wouldn't know any idea where to look for it. I mean, you couldn't find it. Because your world doesn't agree. It does not look for how God provides for your needs, which he says I will do. We look how we can get it. If it's on the gambling table, we go to the gambling table. If it's playing the lottery, we go to the lottery. If we go to whatever, well, that's where they're making money. I'm going to invest here. I'm going to invest there. I'm going to buy this stock. I'm going to see what Uber's going to do. I don't know. I think it's going to go up. You know what? God controls it all, every bit of it. And you know where he wants it to end up? In the hands of his kids. But not those that play the stock market right, but those that walk with God in obedience to God that are put in a place where God can use them to flow his wealth through and his time. That's all these moms stood and so many godly moms lived to many, 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 many years. And I think it's a gift from heaven on a godly mom. Hard work, very important. Godly thinking, very important. But every one of us need to understand that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father. You see, receiving always precedes giving. You can't give what you don't have. If you don't receive, are you counting on God at all? Do, do you trust God? Have you invested with God? Have you learned how to handle that which is yours? 
My dear friend is sitting here. He called me last night, and Brother Stewart has been my mentor. He's 99-plus years old. And this man has been an influence on my life like you cannot believe. And I've heard him do it many times, and I didn't ask permission. I'll pay you the royalty, Dr. Stewart, in a minute. But I've seen him stand before Houston Baptist University graduates and hold his hand up like this and tell those students, when I started to work at Stewart Title Company, I made $5 a week. He said the first dollar went to God. Listen, the second dollar went to me, him. That's called investing. That's called savings. And he said, I lived on those $3. He still follows that formula, 99 years old. That's what giving is all about. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. The tears that come in our eyes are tears of joy. God is looking for people to bless who will trust him to do with God's money what God wants done with his money. There's a lot of battles we're fighting right now. If we get on God's side, it's over with. You know, you're saying, I'm just worried about what the government's going to do to the church. We get on God's side, and I guarantee you God will wipe them out. This is his church. This is his bride. This is the place that God wants to bless. God loves his people. He's going to protect. He says, no weapon that's formed against you, my people, is going to prosper because this is the inheritance of the children of God. That's who we are. But when we become like the world and spend our money where the world spends our money and our time where the world spends our time, then we lose the commitment that so many, again, I, I want to tie this to the mothers because it is absolutely true. Most children that were raised in godly home outside of God, the children were next on the list of blessing them. Moms love their kids. Dads do too, but they're not like moms. It's a different love. It is a total, unconditional love. I never remember my mother taking the first piece of chicken <laughs> off the platter. You know what I'm talking about? I never remember my mother sat down, who's going to bring the tea? Anybody know where the napkins are? No, I never heard her do that. But she would kind of quietly move away, and all of a sudden we all had a napkin. Just a miracle. How those napkins got from that kitchen to you at the blink of an eye because you had a godly mother. But you know what? The greatest joy you'll ever experience in life is the first time you recognize the fact that God just blessed you. And 10 years ago, you wouldn't have known it came from him, but today you know it did come from him. Because you've done some things in your life to change. Some of you are on a, on a new journey. Some of us on an old journey. And every one of us have an opportunity to bless others and for God to flow his wealth through us. But we have to do it his way. Let me tell you what you do when you pray for something and you don't get it. Are you ready for this? This is just catastrophically brilliant. You learn to do without it. Got it? Wasn't quite that impressive, was it? <laughs> but it's very much true. Well, well, you know, you just learn to do without it. And you make it. You really do. Yeah, you can really drink tea without sugar if the sugar's gone. <laughs> you can really handle that crisis in some people's lives. You know? If they don't have the salad dressing where you go out to eat today from Mother's Day that you like and it's your favorite mom, go ahead and eat the other. You may discover a new salad dressing. <laughs> because when God takes over, he has a sense of humor. He has a way of testing us. 
And every time you make a purchase, a big purchase, will it help you with your fellowship with God? Will it help you do things for the cause of Christ? Can you take something that you own and use it to bless others with, not just for your own selfish gain? When you buy something big, did you ask permission to buy that? Did God give you a peace of mind in buying it? Will God be glorified by your purchase, whatever it might be? Those are the things that Christian people ask, and God gives a clear answer. Never do they go back and say, I wish I wouldn't listen to God, but we say, God, thank you for saying no. Because when God says no, he's got a reason for saying no. And that reason is not for his sake, but for your sake, that he said no. As I say to the young people, when you get to 50 years old and go back to your high school reunion, you will see a lot of students of the opposite sex that you will say, thank you, God, I didn't marry them. I mean, you broke almost every, every rule there was to get a date with them. And you say, goodness gracious. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to church again Sunday. I am going to get right with you again. And let me give you one other little, little uh, incredibly intelligent statement. 10% doesn't belong to God. 100% belongs to God. I'd hate for you to spend the rest, rest of your life trying to get to 10% and then somebody tell you before you died, what about the 90% you didn't give him? That'd just ruin your going home day. Now, the Lord loves you and God takes care of us. But what I'm telling you is, quit this 10% stuff. 10 is not the magic number. 100 is the magic number. That everything you do in word or deed, you do it all to the glory of God. All that a man has belongs to God. That's where the excitement comes in. Now, there's two kinds of giving, obedient giving and disobedient giving. Obedient giving is nothing more than you're participating in God supplying a need through you. Obedient giving is when God chooses you to be a blessing to others. Now, Disobedient giving is when you turn that around and you begin to just give because you want to give. You just figure it out on a piece of paper and give this, give this, give that. You don't pray about it. You don't look into it. But God loves a cheerful, obedient giver. Mom, you got to know when to give love. You got to know when to give tough love and being strict. Most of you know that, but you know there's a difference. You know there's a big difference. Giving and receiving are considered to be one experience, not two. We give and we receive. Our gift reveals God to the receiver. Then God turns around and gives gifts to us. And that's the way it works. On and on. Proverbs 19, 17 says, He that has pity upon the poor lends unto the Lord, and that which he has given will he repay him again. One of the neatest things you'll ever discover in life is how to get from the giver to the receiver as quickly 
with not a lot taken out getting there, all of it getting there if at all possible. Letting yourself know that what you give, we call it missions, we call it benevolence. We, we, we have ways in our churches. Our church last year had 51 different mission projects where the money went straight to the need with no interaction in between. There was no commissions taken out. It went strictly to those that needed. And that scripture tells us that is exactly the way it is supposed to be done. We represent the Lord in our giving. We give it to the poor. God restocks inventory and we give. We receive and we give. Listen to Luke 6, 38. You ought to underline this one, circle it, put a marker in your Bible. Luke 6, 38, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall the Lord give into your bosom. With the same measure you meet with all, it will be measured to you again. Quit that stuff, net tithing, gross tithing. That's not the deal. If you want a net blessing, tithe on the net. If you want a gross blessing, tithe on everything. God is looking for people to handle his work here on earth until he comes and gets us. And God knows it takes money to get the gospel to the world. The television going everywhere, the internet going everywhere today. We're so glad you can watch. We're so glad you can listen. And you will not hear me asking you for money. If God says send it, wonderful. If not, we want to get the gospel to the world. Amen, church? Amen. You bet. It's an absolute truth. Proverbs 3, 9 says, listen, honor the Lord with your substance. That's in the present tense with what you already have. And with the first fruits of all your increase, the first dollar you ever make. So shall your barns be filled with plenty. Your presses shall burst out with new wine. What does it say? God says, you choose how you want me to bless you. If you want me to bless you with a little blessing, give a little. If you want me to bless you with much, then that's the way you give. We can't give what we don't have. We don't borrow money to give. The borrower is a servant to the lender. When God gives you money, he's not loaning it to you. He's giving it to you. And your interest is in heaven. When we'll gather around the throne of God with a people that made Jesus their Lord and Savior. And I hope for all of us that when we stand before God and we hear, well done, we'll look out in the courtyards of heaven and there will be thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are there. Because one day, they met one of us. And we told them, not about us, but we told them about Jesus. Jesus is the sweetest name we know. No man has the authority to instruct your giving. No man, and I mean that man or woman, no man, no woman should tell you what to give. Only the Lord. I am grateful. That my mother, yes, my dad was a preacher, and he taught me the same thing, but mama just had a way of smiling at me and telling me in a different way. But my mother taught me how to give. She's been in heaven a long time. 
And I don't know what I'd have done as a child if I wouldn't have had a godly mom that taught me how to give and how to forgive and how to love those that needed to be loved and should be loved and those that didn't deserve love. I am grateful for that gift from God for a Christian mom and dad. This is my testimony. And you say, preacher, I can't identify with you. And I understand. My heart breaks for you. But I'm telling you, God is too good to commit a wrong. He's too wise to make a mistake. And he has a plan for your life. And if you will learn and look back in your history and know those that have touched your life, it's going to be a great day. I was on my way to the church and I picked up something in red. I knew I'd left it on my desk yesterday. One of the big corporations, Chick-fil-A, has just now moved into, they passed McDonald's and several others of being the number three or the number four uh, food place in the world. Passed them up. Don't go over there today. <laughs> I know y'all just captured your heart. You wanted to go get you a Chick-fil-A. They're closed today on the Sabbath. You know why they're closed today? Because Mr. Kathy wanted from day one for the people that worked at Chick-fil-A, those that had families that worked at Chick-fil-A, and the customers that came to Chick-fil-A knew there was something more important than a chicken. On Sunday that God had a plan for the life of this company and if you won't buy that then go talk to Steve Green Hobby Lobby <laughs> Kathy and I had the privilege to talk with him for an hour and a half everything I've said today is what that man believes you can't outgive God Amen. you can take a little chicken and a little trinket like that and turn it into billions of dollars for the kingdom of God. That's what God's all about. Moms, you've done good with your unconditional love. Mom, don't give up. Don't quit. God's not through yet. Just keep praying. Keep giving and get ready to receive. We need to pray one for another that wherever God leads, that we will go. Every one of us have something God wants us to do. And if you want, and I close with this, if you want to be totally submissive to God, underline that 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. That's what it's all about. Keeping on, keeping on. Following in the footsteps of the Lord. Mom, I want to ask you my final word. Silver and gold have I none. Mom, would you today, wherever you are, Take a moment to give your children back to God right where they are, okay? 
Every baby that's born in this church, we invite them to come to our baby dedication. It's a wonderful time. We're going to have a great one here in just a few weeks. But now listen, there's nothing that God would like to have more than your children. Give them to the Lord. God has got to make the call, but we have to release them. All of us have an opportunity to give. So what you have, give. Mom, thank you. Grandma, thank you. Great-grandmas, great-great-grandmas. My goodness, I feel young when I get that high. <laughs> thank you.